Welcome to another episode of the OASBO podcast. I'm Callie Wells, communications specialist with OASBO, and today we have Barbara Shaner to talk to us about a couple of things going on in advocacy. Welcome, Barbara. Thanks, Callie. Good to be here. Uh, first, let's start with House Bill 312. Is there any news about the implementation of House Bill 312? Well, Callie, we've been uh, going traveling around the state uh, at the OASBO regional um, finance seminars um, and ta- telling folks a little bit about the implementation in terms of when the bill becomes effective and the fact that uh, a, a um, new board policy needs to be in place by February 2nd. But we ha- had also promised that we would share a possible sample board policy for districts to utilize or at least take parts of it that worked for them. And so the the good news is this week our Auditor of State Advisory Committee met. Uh, we actually met with Bob Hinkle, who's the Chief Deputy Auditor of State, and we shared um, the draft language for that sample policy with both the committee and with the folks from the auditor's office. And we have actually given that group until the end of day on Friday tomorrow to give us feedback about the language. And then once uh, we've finalized the feedback and um, made any changes that we need to make, we should be able to get something out to the members. And I'm hoping that'll happen next week. Um, The other thing that is a little bit of news is the fact that the auditor's office has put together a draft bulletin. As our members uh, should know or probably know from experience, um, the auditor's office often will write a bulletin, which is um, sort of guidance for different things that pass legislatively, or if they've had questions about certain topics, they'll put out a bulletin that gives people information about what the auditor's views of certain things are, and then, of course, what members can expect when the auditors are in their district. And uh, so they have a draft bulletin that they did share with the committee. They're not sharing it broadly, but the committee does have the opportunity to uh, give them some feedback. And I've reviewed the draft bulletin, and for the most part, I think that it pretty much follows uh, what the authority, uh, the bill, uh, uh, gives them in terms of the guidance that they can give. And so I, I thought that they did a pretty nice job. We'll give a couple comments to them about a few of the issues, but for the most part, I think the bulletin was well done, and I'm assuming that they'll have that ready for members here in the, in the near future. Great. And um, related to House Bill 312, can you speak to the questions we've received from members about store credit cards classified as procurement cards? Yeah, uh, this actually came up in one of our regional finance seminars um, when one of the representatives from the auditor's office was speaking. There was a discussion in that uh, presentation about uh, procurement cards and whether or not a store credit card, say like a Lowe's or a Kroger or some uh, store-specific credit card could actually be set up uh, to be considered a procurement card. And so the Auditor of State Advisory Committee actually had that conversation with um, Bob Hinkle and the AOS representatives on Monday. And our understanding is that as long as the company that that handles the cards is able to narrow down uh, so that you can, as treasurers, can specifically identify what purchases can be made 
by those cards, then it can be considered a procurement card. But for instance, a Lowe's, you could go there and actually buy gum in the aisle when you go to pay. And we would assume that when you set up these parameters to make it a procurement card, you would be very narrow. So it could, I suppose, say plumbing supplies or lumber or something of that nature if you um, needed to narrow it down for a specific person going in. And so in general, uh, the bill says that store credit cards are have to be in compliance with House Bill 312, but if you have it set up so that the company itself that issues the cards can put restrictions on it, then it could qualify as a procurement card. That is our understanding. Great. And um, can you give us an update on the changes to deadline to the deadline for District's five-year forecasts? Sure. Um, as I think our members probably already know the deadline for this year is still October 31st because the bill that made changes isn't going to be effective until November 2nd. But another topic that was discussed with the Auditor State folks on Monday was this particular issue. Um, the bill restricts ODE or the rules from requiring districts to submit their five-year forecast prior to November 30th, but it also requires that the rules be uh, drafted in cooperation with the Auditor of State. So the two organizations or the two agencies are going to be meeting, and maybe even yet this week they have met, uh, but they're going to be discussing whether or not they want to make other changes to the rules for the five-year forecast. So rather than making the assumption that the only thing will change is moving the deadline to November 30th, we could see some other uh, discussions taking place. But we did make it clear to the auditor's office that we want our members to have some feedback about whatever it is that they are going to consider. And I think the Auditor State Committee actually gave them some good feedback. Uh, initially going into this discussion, we had maybe just made an assumption that the rule would just change to uh, the November 30th deadline, but it sounds like they're gonna have a deeper discussion. And it may not change anything, but um, I think it's probably not a bad idea to have the discussion. But we're just rest assured that we will have members um, giving their feedback. And hopefully the members as a whole will be able to put something out to allow you to, to give us your comments. Great, thank you for that. And uh, next, we've had a lot of interest in the determination of ESCs as a sole source under the new federal procurement stand standards. Can you um, give us a little more info on that? Sure, um, and this again, I think is something that has come up in the uh, seminars that we've been doing regionally. Uh, with Brian Jones from the Department of Education speaking to this. Um, this has been a big issue that has come up just since we have started having more in-depth conversations about the fact that the federal um, procurement standards changed as of July 1st of this year. Uh, the question immediately came up back then about if you're going to have to have uh, quotes for certain services and not just purchases, uh, it's now going to cover ser services that, that districts buy. Uh, does an ESC fall under this scenario where you would have to have multiple quotes if, you're going, if you typically had used an ESC for various services? 
And it sounds like uh, we had been waiting on the Department of Education to make a determination as to whether you could say that an ESC is a sole source under those um, standards and you would be okay. And it sounds like they're not going to, or at least at this point, they're not saying that that's the case. Now, they are saying that if the district documents reasons why the district believes that that ESC that they're using is a sole source under the um, federal guidelines, then it's possible that that's fine. Uh, but I think that there are people that are not going to be happy with that determination, and we actually haven't seen anything in writing either. So I do know that the uh, OESCA, the um, Educational Service Center organization, and probably the treasurers with that organization as well, uh, they are working on uh, pushing back on this, and you know we've offered our services. We've had conversations as uh, with ODE and with the auditor's office uh, on this uh, also. So um, you know we're still trying to figure out you know what we can do to influence this because it goes back to federal requirements. But by the same token. Um, Ohio law and, and our practices should enter into this conversation, and ESCs are a regional provider that um, can do things for us that maybe we, if we had to do it ourselves, we would have to, to spend a lot more money. So we're hoping that in the end it will work out, but at this point we really don't have a, um, I guess, a definitive answer other than we think that ODE is considering them uh, not to be a sole source. Okay, and uh, with election day coming up, uh, there's a very important lame duck session uh, coming up with the possibility of um, legislation in House Bill 705 um, and the possibility of it getting a vote. So what can members expect moving forward the rest of this year and what can they continue to do to support the bill? Well, you're right about uh, the lame duck session coming up here shortly. Uh, I, I, for one, am not going to be disappointed to see those campaign commercials go away. Mm -hmm. But as soon as that's over, then the craziness of the lame duck session at the legislature will, will start heating up. And it actually will get started, I think, the week of the OSBA Capital Conference. There will be hearings um, starting that week on various pieces of legislation. I haven't heard yet if and when House Bill 705 will be scheduled for a hearing, but we do know that the bill sponsor, State Representative Hambly, is, has requested to have at least one hearing on the bill so that it can be um, discussed publicly. And his goal would be to possibly put that whole bill, House Bill 705, the Treasurer Liability Bill, into another piece of legislation that's already moving. That said, um, we do, I think, have a good bit of support in the House, and um, we're still a little bit up in the air over in the Senate, but it's still possible, too, that that bill could move on its own. So we're, we'll push for one or the other. But as far as what members can do, I'm hoping that everyone has really already contacted their legislators at least once in both the House and the Senate. Uh, but even if they have... Members will need, as soon as they get geared back up for the lame duck 
You know, they're actually going to be in their offices in Columbus. They're going to be attending hearings. Uh, we need to remind them and make another contact. Uh, I think right now a lot of them are running around trying to get reelected or um, elected for the first time maybe. And so, um, you know, it's a busy, busy time. Uh, and so running up this close to the election, it's probably going to be hard to get a hold of anyone. But as soon as that um, election is over, we're going to want people to reach out again just to make sure that there is uh, a hearing and that we can see a vote on this. And um, lastly, coming up, there is some advocacy training. So as people are preparing to reach out, um, there might be an opportunity for them to learn a little more about what they can do um, in the advocacy world. Tell me a little more about that. Well, um, this is actually the second year that the Legislative Committee, uh, the OASBA's Leg Legislative Committee, has sponsored a training uh, for on advocacy. And this time, though, we're opening it up. Rather than just allowing committee members to attend, we have opened it up, and we're taking registrations for the from the full membership of OASBO. It's uh, taking place on Tuesday morning beginning at 9.30 during the OSBA Capital Conference. And uh, Mike Sobel, who is actually one of the uh, one of our members that is a treasurer in Granville Schools, um, he will facilitate this um, session with my assistance. And we're going to have actually uh, the current chairman of the House Finance Committee is going to be speaking to the group about effective um, lobbying or in terms of what kind of contacts does he like to see and giving he'll give us some advice. Mike will talk a little bit about how to read a bill, how to know whether or not it might uh, have a chance of passing just by reading you know the the cover page of the bill itself. Um, he'll give us a lot of tips about testifying. We'll have someone, a member there that has actually provided testimony before. She's going to be kind of a guinea pig because we're going to show a video of her um, testifying. That's Melcy Wells from down in Southeast Ohio. But she'll be uh, showing, uh, we'll be showing her testimony from the last budget cycle and talking a little bit about, you know, how she felt about that and how nervous she was and that kind of thing. So it'll, it'll be a really interesting time. So if, if people have wondered about, you know, what could they do a little bit more of or what if they ever wanted to testify, what does that look like? This would be a great opportunity to, to get some training and um, be in an informal, comfortable environment. Awesome. Well, uh, thank you for sharing all this info today, Barbara, and uh, we will look forward to getting an update from you again soon. Thanks, Callie.